This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So do you believe in the supernatural? Well, I definitely do, and Jesus clearly did, and the Word of God points us in the direction of the supernatural. Today on Your Next Step, we're going to look at the role of the supernatural in your life and my life and how it's real, but I'm going to give you five essentials for spiritual insight. If you'd like to be able to see what God is doing and know what the next step for your life is, maybe you're praying about your business, maybe you're praying for a child, maybe you're praying for a friend, and you want to know what God would say about that situation, we've got some answers for you today. They're straight from the Word of God. It teaches you and me how to live out our life with Jesus. See, I believe that the Bible is an essential tool for life if you want to live in this world, but understand the kingdom of God and the supernatural. So today, we're going to look at the importance of Scripture and humility and and just how to recognize what God is doing around you. We're going to give you five keys. Don't go anywhere. Join me. And if you'd like to learn more about me and the church next door, Go to yournextstepnow.com. That's our website, yournextstepnow.com. We have all sorts of tools and resources to help you grow spiritually to take your next step with God. See, I believe that everybody needs a pastor and everybody needs the Word of God, and we need friends and community to grow in Christ. That's why we created this program, to help you grow. Stay with us and make it a part of your daily process of just living for Jesus. God bless you. I'm your pastor, Pastor Doyle. Teaching is important. That means to be a God follower, we're to be listening. And we need to be able to listen to the teaching and know, well, is this really godly teaching or not? You need to be able to evaluate it. People tell me all the time, I heard a preacher say this. And I'm like, oh, really? Where did they get that one? What was the scripture for that? See, you and I, we have to have this ability to be listening One of the principles I teach around here is this. I said, eat the fish, spit out the bones. If somehow I say something and it's not the Lord, spit it out. I'm cool with that. I am not divine. I will give you the best I can have to offer. Always my best. But you have to discern. You have to know and recognize. He's teaching, and then then he says to Peter, he says, hey, push out a little bit farther and let down your nets. And Peter's like, oh, no way. And then then he starts bringing it in, and what does he say to Peter at the end? He says, dude, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Jesus did this whole event to teach Peter that God had a calling on his life, and he was going to transform his future. Now, why is that important? Well, what's it mean to be a fisherman? Well, just, do you know that fishermen have budgets? Fishermen have boats. Fishermen have to show up on time. Fishermen have to work with a team. Fishermen have to clean up nets. There's a dirty part of it. Jesus was saying, as hard as you've worked as a fisherman, you are going to become a kingdom worker, and you're going to work just as hard. I know a lot of people who think that kingdom work is easy. 
Yeah. That's why so many people leave it. I've watched it over the years. You want to know what happened over this past two years? We saw the great retreat from all sorts of walks of work, right? Christianity and, and, and nonprofit work too. Why? Because it was hard. Let me tell you something. Following Jesus is not easy. And Jesus was warning. He was warning Peter. There's going to be days, Peter, when you let down the net and nothing happens without me. You think that stuck for Peter? It did. If you try to do it in your own strength, see, that's, that's why you and I, we've got to know this. We've got to know this for our own personal life, how to recognize the Lord. In Luke chapter 24, it tells us after the resurrection that, that there was a couple of disciples and they were headed to Emmaus, a town uh, west of Jerusalem. It's downhill, been there, done that. Cool walk, okay? It says they're walking along and there's this guy with them and then they're talking to him. It's Jesus, okay? They don't know it. And, and he said, what's been going on in the city? He said, you haven't heard about Jesus and the resurrection? They're telling him all this stuff. They finally get to the house and they sit down to have dinner. And it's at that house. Look at, listen to what it says in Luke chapter 24. When, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? What was Jesus doing right there? Jesus was teaching them that after the, rec after the resurrection, they were going to recognize him. They may not have him in the physical anymore, okay? But they were going to recognize him when he showed up. When did they recognize him? It says when they were breaking bread. When was that? What was that about? It's the moment they broke bread. They were reminded of communion with Jesus, right? See, this is why we celebrate communion as a church. We want to we learn to recognize Jesus. See, God wants us to know that the kingdom of God is recognizable. It's supernatural, but you'll know it when you see it. This is why, you know, you'll invite a friend to your group, and they'll go to group, and they're like, wow, that was so neat. And you'll say, yeah, that's why I go to group every week. Because God shows up. The scripture says, when two or more of us gather in his name, you'll be there. You invite somebody to church and they're like, wow, that was so cool. I didn't know I could feel that kind of peace. Why is that? See, when you accept Jesus, you recognize you have a need for God. And a lot of people, they believe it ends there. They believe that their salvation ends there. I was talking with a Christian brother. He said, I grew up in a church and all they ever talked about was salvation. All they ever talked about was, was how God gave us everything we needed on the cross. They never told me there was a way to live that would, that would let me know that I was following God and that I was being fruitful and it was good. He said it was years later until someone who was disciple of me introduced me to what that person called the path of peace. Jesus called it the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a way that you and I are called to live. And we get up every day and we look around us and we say, God, what is it you're doing? I want to participate with you. God, I don't want to live a day without you. I'm in relationship with you. I love you and I know you love me. And I want to be a part of that. See, that's what it means. I get up every day to come and see what God's going to do. You know, when, the reason we like our pets is because they recognize they recognize our mood. They recognize, and I want to be more like a pet when it comes to Jesus. 
You know what I'm saying? I, 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 we had this one dog, Betsy Ross, okay? We got her on the 4th of July. Guess why we named her, okay? It, 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 and she was a boxer. And, and, and what I loved about Betsy was she always wanted to be with you. Only dog I've ever had to take the screen off and push a window up in order to get back in the house. She literally did it. We left one window cracked, she got the screen off, and she got inside because she wanted to be with us. I want to have that attitude towards God. She played hide-and-seek with the kids. Literally, this is a fact, okay? I would say, sit, Betsy. I'd cover her eyes, and I'd say, guys, go hide. One, two. I'd count to ten. Her, her tail would just start doing this. You know what I'm saying? And then I'd say, go find him. And she'd take off, and she'd find him. How did she find him? She used her sense of smell. I want to find Jesus the way Betsy Ross found the kids in the house. Oh, God, what are you doing today? I want to find what you're doing, and I want to be close to that. See, that's the kingdom of God. In Romans, Paul talks about this. He, he talks about how we recognize what God is doing, but then sometimes we back off on it. Romans chapter 1. This is the beginning of his letter to the, to the church. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, these eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. We talk about this all the time. You go out in the, in, in the woods and you just see the beauty of nature. You see a beautiful mountain. You see Niagara Falls. You see the creation, the doesn't matter if it's the Grand Canyon or if it's the Scioto. You see just the beauty of, of, of nature. And you say, this, this didn't just happen on its own. Someone designed it. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Paul says, he says, you know, we all have this spiritual insight and it's real, but we just naturally resist it. It's our human sinful nature to say, no, I don't want to relent to God. I want something that, that looks more like me to be in charge of my life. I don't want to trust something that I cannot see. See, and that's why it's, it's why, you know, I believe it's good for you to enjoy your pet, but find your comfort from Jesus. When the New Testament talks about the way of peace, they always say Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the one that will give you peace. Enjoy your pet, but your pet will not solve life's anxiety problem. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Enjoy your animals. I love them. I'm for them. Be, be clear on this. If it was not for you having pets, I would not have gone to college. Thank you. Every time you paid your vet bill, I said thank you because I got to go to school. You understand what I'm saying? Spiritual insight is real. We just need to resist. Naturally, we resist, and that's not good. Stop resisting God and say, okay, God, help me to see what you're doing. So how, how, do you, how do you recognize what God is doing? I want to give you five essentials for spiritual insight, okay? The first one is you've got to be humble. 
Now, this is what I mean by this. You have to admit you don't know it all. You have to say, I can't see everything. Now, I know a lot of people, they can't see any, everything, and they're like King Saul. You remember King Saul, the king, first king of Israel? He couldn't see in everything, and so he would run to Samuel the prophet, and he relied on Samuel to give him direction. He never learned to recognize God for himself. Because of that, when Samuel died, he went to the occult. He went to a witch because he would rather look to a spirit other than a godly person or the Holy Spirit of God because he just wanted direction. And most people want direction, but they're, and, and, and sometimes will even admit, I don't have it within me. Get it. Develop it. Draw close to God. Learn to recognize his voice. In the same way you know your grandma's voice or your mama's voice or your daddy's voice or your boss's voice, you can hear them coming, right? You can hear them even though the signal's not good. You need to recognize, this is the Holy Spirit leading me. This is the Holy Spirit directing me. See, you've got to humble yourself before God. Pharaoh would not humble himself, and what did it do to him? It didn't work. Paul says humility is needed to understand God's will. Number two, no scripture. Be humble and no scripture. What does that mean? Is it a biblical fit? If you feel God leading you, when, when, I, when I gave you that example earlier, no missionary dating, that's because it doesn't fit biblically. You and I should not be building relationships that are going to end in a covenant before God that is not already designed around being equally yoked. You say, well, we're already married. Well, okay, you've crossed that bridge. Now we've got to get alignment. That's a different thing. But if you're dating, it's a different time. You've got to ask yourself, does it fit with God's character, God's nature? Does it fit with the fruit of the Spirit? That's what we mean when we talk about the Word of God. When you're making a decision, you know, are you going to start a business that's involved in human trafficking? No. I'm a God follower. Am I going to start a business that harms people? No. See, we, we look to the Word of God. Thirdly, Find the glory. How is God glorified in this? How is the, the body of Christ built up? How does it fulfill the purpose of, of, of shining the light on who Jesus is? When Jesus was teaching, he's, he was talking about how you and I are to be salt and light. And this is what he says. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, you and I should always be looking. How are we going to live our life to where it brings glory to God? How would God be, be served in that? How would God be helped? How does it, how does it uh, add value to God? Number four, test the Spirit. Now this one, this one's a little bit different because depending on your, your God awareness, okay, meaning how much time you spend around godly people, there's different language that's used for this. Some people grew up in a, grew up in a, in a Christian tradition. This is old school language. I'm, I'm, they'll say, can I have a witness? They'll, they'll share some story and they'll say, does, it, does that seem right to you in your heart? I, it felt right to me in my heart. Or, or other people will say, I just felt the Holy Spirit leading me. And so they have this idea. They're constantly evaluating, is this spiritual? If you, if you grew up Catholic, okay, they talk about whether something is uh, consolation or desolation. 
This is a, an old tradition within the Catholic Church. And a lot of Catholics never got taught this. I, I, I apologize for you on behalf of your leadership, okay? They, they, that you and I need to evaluate. Does this make me feel like I'm to console me? I have more peace and I'm, I'm closer to Jesus and the kingdom of God? Or, or what I'm involved in, is it taking me from God? I, I remember this as a, as a child. I, I didn't grow up Catholic but I understand the language now based on my experience, okay? I go to a movie, and, and, and the movie would take a bad turn, and within me I'd be like, oh no, this doesn't feel right. And I learned as a teenager how to walk out on a movie, and that was hard, man. When you, <laughs> you put your shekels down and, and it cost you money, you, you feel it. You know what I'm saying? What's more important, the money or my heart? Do I want to expose my heart to something that is ungodly and evil? Well, am I willing to change the channel and get up and move? See, when, when, when you, do, you, do you recognize, is it bring, this is why we talk about the pathway of peace and we talk about the way. You know, it's why John Sheldon taught, you know, what would Jesus do, okay? It was to teach a principle that there's life-giving ways. In, in your notes, I gave you your ones. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, as you, as you begin to, to follow God and hear the teaching of God and the word of God and you're around other believers, you begin to recognize, no, this is not a godly way. I should not participate in that. Then you will be able to what? Test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Christ followers should have the ability to know, is this a relationship I should be involved in or not? Is this a direction I should go? This is not, you shouldn't have to come to me to figure that out, but I'm glad to be a part of it. Does that make sense? That's what the kingdom of God is about. Jesus came so that you and I could recognize. And so he did certain things. He taught certain things so that you and I could see the way and follow the way and live in it and have a fruitful life in the midst of the world in which we live. So remember, number one, you've got to be humble. Number two, you've got to know Scripture. Number three, find the glory. Number four, test the Spirit. Number five, listen to your community. Now, this is a little bit different because you get to the point, you recognize, oh man, I've, I've been praying about this and, and I've been looking in the scripture. This fits with me. I remember I went through that process in terms of whether or not I was to, to leave engineering and, and become a pastor, okay? And I remember coming home from college and I had to share this. I first shared it with a small group at college, and they all laughed at me and said, we've been waiting for you to figure out that you were called by God. I said, well, it'd been easier if you'd told me. <laughs> and then I got home, and Miss Simpson was there um, with my parents. And I, I told Miss Simpson before I told my mom and dad. And, and I remember, because when she would come to the house, they would give her their bedroom. They wanted her to have the best. And I went in and lay down on their bed and she was sitting in the chair by their bed. And I said, Miss Simpson, man, I can't, it's hard. I, uh, I think God may be calling me to go into ministry. And, and she, had, she had this beautiful laugh. She was, uh, she was a singer. She, she sang before kings and queens and everybody. And and she laughed, it would come from way down inside of her. And she said, baby boy, we've known this. 
for a long time. And I just began to cry. Can I tell you, I was a lot like the people in Romans that Paul talks about. I resisted God. Don't do it. Run quickly to tell God yes. Run quickly to serve Him. It'll change your life. Now, do I think that you need to call your small group before you buy a dishwasher and then pray about it with you? That's a big no. That's getting to the area of creepy. And if, you, if that's going on, I need to hear about it because we're going to bring it to an end. Do you understand what I'm saying? But this week I was talking with a friend and he was telling me a story. Forgive me. This is because I'm crying. I was just listening to him and he said, you know, 10 years or so ago, I, I was going to buy this truck and I was struggling over buying this truck. He said, I remember it because at one dealership they had this truck and at another dealership they had this truck. And he said, I decided to pick up the phone and call my daughter. Now think about this. His dad calling his daughter. She's grown, but, you know, he asked her about the truck. He said, this truck, I really like the outside of the truck. But this truck, I like the interior. I like, I like this truck on the interior better. And he said, I don't know how to choose which truck. Now, I love this because he's being humble, right? He's asking his child, what do you think about the decision I'm making? So now his child knows he loves her. He values her. She's significant. There's a lot of good things. Parents, talk to your kids at times because it lets them know that they're significant, okay? And she says, Daddy, this is easy. He said, it is. She said, Daddy, where do you spend most of your time? Well, I'll spend it in the truck. She said, exactly. Buy the truck that you like the inside of because you're not going to stand around and look at it on the outside. He said, thank you, sweetheart. And he went and bought that truck. Now, isn't that a beautiful example? See, you have eyes to see, but God puts you in a community at times because they can see things about you and your life and everything, and that's why we need one another. You have eyes to see, and the Word of God is your framework, and you have the Holy Spirit guiding you. Begin to develop a Tuneness to the kingdom of God and awareness of it, and every day will be filled with peace and joy because you're like, today was a great day. I know I helped the Lord. I know that I was walking with Jesus. That's the way we want to live. Amen? Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that we get to open your word together, that we get to do life with you, and that we get to see the kingdom of God come. And that's our prayer. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And through our lives, God, open our eyes that we might see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's, it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. I know for me that I think about my food every day because I'm hungry. So let's take some time and pray for our farmers and the producers of our food and all our supplies.
Lord, I know you have a heart for farmers because you taught about the wheat and the grapevines and you talked about going out and plowing and sowing and reaping. So God, you have a heart for the farmer. Jesus, you even said that the father is like the vine tender. So in in some way, Jesus, you compared the father to a farmer. So today we're asking you to bless the farmers. God, I thank you for Angus Buchan. He's a farmer that I love and an evangelist. May the farmers be evangelists in our nation. May they stand up. And, and Lord, we are praying that you will help them to produce well, that their fields would be fruitful, that their animals would be fruitful, that the things they lay their hands on would be blessed. Because God, when you bless the farmer, our grocery store is full, that we have food to eat when we live in a neighborhood. God, most of us don't even know how it gets there anymore. And God, we want to declare, we know that you are the one that causes the earth to bear fruit, that you are the one that gives us every life within every womb, whether it be a human being or a sheep or a cow or a goat. Lord, you are the giver of life. And we're asking you today to cause life to to go forth. Lord, you commanded in the garden and we're we're still in charge of life. And so Lord, the the farmers are on the front lines of our spiritual condition and our relationship with you. And so we're praying for there to be a revival among the farmers that they would seek you and trust you for their produce and trust you for your life. And we come before you not because we're worthy, but because Jesus told us to pray, to ask to seek and to knock. And we're asking you to cause the farmers to be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com, Give us your email address and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, Look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.